Hey, thanks for joining us for this series called We Are, where we're talking all about the church. And it's important we get this right because so many people get it wrong. But we, when we understand the church God's way, it's a powerful difference and we're a part of the most powerful movement in history. We hope that this will be an encouragement to you as we continue our study in Acts. We hope that you'll continue to join us as we talk all about who we are in Christ. Before you go, don't forget to fill out your online connection card. You can do that at branchlife.church anytime and let us know that you uh, worship with us in this video. We'd also like to encourage you to check out the other episodes on our website or on our YouTube channel. And again, you can check in anytime with that connection card. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that this will be a powerful moment in your spiritual journey. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're launching a brand new series called We Are Today. And it's going to be out of the next several chapters in Acts as we travel through Acts together. We have these Acts journals as a gift to all of you. If you have not yet got your Acts journal, if this is your first time joining us, we'd love for you to grab one of these down at the connection table. Uh, if there are no more available, please fill out the connection card, drop it in the offering box, let us know you'd like an Acts journal. We'll make sure we save one for you when the next box arrives. And thank you for everyone who gives generously uh, through those offering boxes. Uh, that's been a major part of empowering us to do what we do. In Acts chapter 2, we come upon a, a powerful paragraph. And so far, Acts has been filled with power, right? We just ended the empowered series. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my witnesses in the world. The power you need for what's next. And the Holy Spirit descends onto 120 believers, and then last week, Peter stands up and he gives this gospel-empowered message. And at the end of that message, 3,000 people believed and followed Jesus. Now, what do you do with 3,000 people that just decided to follow Jesus, right? Like, okay, now what? The Holy Spirit's here, we have the power, and what happens in Acts chapter 2 as a result of the Holy Spirit coming and the gospel going out powerfully, it's presented for the first time by anyone other than Jesus, right? And people start believing and following in Jesus who died and rose again from the dead. Acts chapter 2 ends with this paragraph that changes the world. This paragraph, as Mark said this weekend, that introduces the explosion of the church. The church enters with a bang. Typically when things explode, it's no bueno, right? We, we don't like it when things explode. That house explosion in Pottstown, absolutely tragic, right? And devastating in the community impact that it had around it. Explosions have power. You know it was uh, President Putin's birthday this week? You know how Ukraine celebrated his birthday? They blew up the bridge to Crimea and Russia. Explosion. Bang. And there's a camera on that bridge that's showing the traffic going through. And you're just looking at this massive bridge. It reminded me of the, uh, of the Michigan Bridge, the, the bridge up in Michigan between the UP and Michigan. This massive bridge. And all of a sudden in that camera, just bam, this huge explosion takes place. Power. In these chapters... The church explodes onto the scene. 
And for the first time in human history, the church now exists. No one had ever seen this before. No one had ever experienced this before. And, and we, we remember in Matthew, like Jesus said to the disciples, on this rock, I will build my church. They didn't go, yes, awesome, high five. We've all been waiting for a church that's amazing and healthy and awesome. They all went, what's a, what's a church? Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Be- and, and so many of us still have this confusion around church. Why do you think the community is so skeptical about the church. Why do you think it is hard to gain traction, hard to build trust? Because so many people, so many organizations, so many buildings calling themselves the church just frankly have it wrong. And they go out putting a false flag out saying we're a church and and they're not because they misunderstand Acts chapter 2. It is essential That in our young life as branch life, we understand, intimately understand, the end of Acts chapter 2. So that we are truly the church that God intended, not what man has made it to be. You see, in the Old Testament, they knew about, like, going to temple. In the Old Testament, they knew about priests. In the Old Testament, they knew about sacrifices. And they went through this, these prescribed practices. And every culture through history has had religion. Every culture has had prescribed practices. Every culture has had a hierarchy of some sort of religious system that people go through. And when this explosion takes place, it's not an addition to the religious systems of the past It's an explosion of the religious systems of the past. It's destroying what religion has looked like. And something brand new is formed. That's not a religious practice. That's not an institution. That's not a nice building with a nice meeting that we go to when we feel like it. It's this movement of spirit-empowered people that have locked arms together for good, for God, and for growth. And, and what we're going to do as a church, and you, you, bet, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> Mark it off on your calendar. We're going to spend the next four weeks in this one paragraph, a majority of them in one verse, trying to understand what it means to be a church for God for good, and for growth. P.S., I totally stole this from another organization, just FYI. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. After 3,000 people had come to Christ, this is what they did. And they, the 120, the 12 apostles, their wives, the men, women, and children, the 3,000 that were saved, the, the others that were coming to Christ, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. All right? That's important. We're talking about that next week. To the fellowship. Well, that, that's important, right? Okay, devoted to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 
and awe came upon every soul. And many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, better together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, there's, there's still a gathering aspect to this. But there's a homes one too, right? They received their food with glad and generous hearts. You ever thought of, of what your epitaph is going to say? Say? That just took a dark turn. <laughs> you know the thing on your tombstone that describes you? Here lies Mary, grumpy from the start, finally quiet at last. Right? Like, I wouldn't want that for my epitaph. You know what Martin Luther King Jr.'s epitaph says? Free, free, free at last. How cool is that? Right? Oh, to be free in the arms of our Savior. Do you, what, if I could sum up your life in a couple of words, what would we use to sum it up? Angry drunk. I've known some of those people. That's not, that's not what I want in my epitaph. Often confused. <laughs> no, no. Worried a lot. Politically active. Hmm. No, I don't, I don't think I want that. What if glad and generous was the way you were described? What if, what if those were your markers? What if glad and generous was the way that people knew you and when you entered into their company, they were excited because they knew that there was some gladness coming to that occasion and some generosity. You know what would be a terrible epitaph? Sad and selfish. But how many of us are sad and selfish all the time? I, I have a neighbor, God bless his soul. I try to get a good comment out of his, out of his mind and, and spirit. Every day I see him walking down the road and I say, hey, buddy, what a beautiful day. And he has a reason to say, no, it's not. <laughs> like, like I, I, literally, I tr I'll try this. Man, how about those eagles, right? How about those eagles? Isn't that exciting? Man, eagles, undefeated. All right, don't jinx it. Pray for the eagles. We've got a game today. I go, I go hey, buddy, how about those eagles? And he goes, they sure are going to blow this season, right? Like that's, that's literally his default is to find the thing that's wrong, right? And, and even the dog, like what a beautiful dog. Stupid dog, you know, that'd make me out outside. <laughs> like it's man's best friend. And how many of us, that's, that's our lives. How was your day today? You had one thing go wrong. One thing go wrong. And that's what you talk about. It was a terrible day. My tire went flat. And it took you an hour to fix it. You know there's 24 hours in a day? What happened in the other 23? Well, I got paid. I finished a project. I hung out with my wife. My kid gave me a hug. But it was a bad day because my tire got flat. Man, what, what's, what's 
gone wrong if we can't be described as glad and generous, especially, especially those of us who have been saved by Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and equipped to go through the day that the Lord has made that he has asked us to rejoice and be glad in. Christians, of all people, should be glad and generous, and those are the two words that describe the church. When they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, when they gathered together in the temple and got together in their, broke, in their homes and they broke bread together, when that happened, when that happened, guess what? They were glad and generous. Those two terms shouldn't just describe you. Those two terms should describe the church. Our reputation should be that we are a church that is glad and generous. And when our church shows up, when the church of God shows up to that party, to that service project, to that, to that event, to that neighbor, to that community, when we show up, people should be excited because they're saying, here comes some joy and generosity. Here they come. They're coming to spread light. They're coming to be an encouragement. I feel better when the church shows up. Why? Because they're glad and generous. But so many churches are marked by sadness and selfishness. And people don't want them to show up. They want them to stay away. If we can be marked as a glad and generous church, the arms of our community will open to us and embrace us. Not without battle. Satan doesn't want it. Not without trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, guaranteed, right? But no matter what, no matter what, we have the Holy Spirit's power. And this next verse is where we get the, the phrase for today. In verse 47, here's the result. Praising God and having favor with all people, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being Here's what happens when the church is the church that God has designed it to be. When the church is the church that God has designed it to be, they praise God, right? Can't help it. God is good. God is great. His goodness is running after me. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, we're going to get together and we're going to praise God. We're going to praise him in the worship service. We're going to praise him in the streets. We're going to praise him in our homes. We're going to praise him in our workplaces. Why? Because I am saved. Because I am saved. Because I am saved by the grace of God. So I can't help praise him. Romans 12.1 says, you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to the Lord, because it's logical. When you know how much you've been saved from, and what you've been saved for. So we praise God. So the church is for God. Love God with all your heart, soul, and all your mind. Everything that you have is for God. All that we are, all of our campuses, all of our dollars, all of our talents, all of our all-stars, all of our MVPs, all of our small groups are for God. That's amazing. Then he says, and having favor with all people. For good. The Bible says that the church has been given apostles, prophets, shepherds, evangelists for the work of the ministry. No, you didn't read it. He gave us those not for the work of the ministry, but to equip the people for the work of the ministry. And the Bible is called good work that he calls us to do. He wants us to abide in him, right? Branch Life Church. If we don't abide in him, we can't bear much fruit. 
but we can do nothing. But if we do abide in him, we bear much fruit. One of my favorite pictures, the reason we're called Branch Life Church, is because when a church is healthy and connected to a healthy power source, the, the church grows. The, the branch grows, and it grows out farther and stronger, and it provides shade and sustenance to everyone, whether they're attached to the branch or not. Well, a healthy tree has this huge shade canopy. A healthy tree has this amazing fruit that falls off of it that anybody can grab. That's good. That's helpful. That brings life and light to a community. Branch Life Church, when we're healthy, we're going to provide shade, shelter, and sustenance to our community around us. We're going to have favor with all the people. They're going to be glad we're there. Glad and generous hearts for good. And then the Lord, he does it, added to their numbers day by day those who are being saved for growth. For growth. He wants us to be stronger. He wants us to reach farther. He wants us to bear more fruit. He wants people to be saved. He wants people to grow in their faith. He wants kids to know what it means to follow after Jesus. He wants that growth. He wants the buildings to get full when the worship services are open. He, he wants the service teams to have more than enough volunteers. He wants your workplaces to have a brighter light than they did before. God loves growth. And so the church in this moment exploded in growth. It was unstoppable. And there's three things in this passage, and we're not going to have time to dive into this today. Time is, is quickly going away from us. But in Acts chapter 1, in, in 1 and 2, as we sum this up, we realize that when it, the church is for God, that means that we're captured by the message. When the church is for good, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And these are things that we've talked about in the past. So I just want to say, hey, check out the Empowered series as we launch this up. And when the church is for growth, that means we, we are fulfilling the mission that we were created for, go and make disciples of all nations. So just quickly, three questions to think about today. If this is the church's mission for God, for good, and for growth, it's your mission. Here's what most people get wrong about the church. They think it's a place that people go, or they think it's a worship service that you attend. It is not. You are the church. And so the church's mission is your mission. The church's instructions are your instructions. You fulfill those things. And so if it's, if it's prescribed to the church, that means it's prescribed to you. You and I are the church. That's what's so radical about this thing that God's created. So these three questions then apply to us. For God, have you been captured by the message? It's actually Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 41. That message that Peter gives that we talked about last week is that gospel power message, I am in trouble, right? I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. There is a shark right below me and I don't even know about it. Isn't that terrifying? Just that thought alone, terrifying. So many people are out swimming around and they don't realize that they're in deep, deep trouble and the only thing that can save you is the good news that Jesus is here. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's in the business of saving lost people. He's in the business of redeeming sinners. He lived the life we couldn't live, right, so that we can be saved by Christ, by the power of the cross, through the power of the resurrection. 
that we can be saved from our trouble, we can be saved from our sin, and have everlasting life if we accept the free gift of salvation, repent and be baptized. Have you been captured by the message? Paul was captured by the message on the road to Damascus. He was just walking along trying to kill Christians. And Jesus shows up with this great light. He couldn't get away from it. He went from persecutor to preacher in one moment because he was captured by the message. Have you ever been captured by the message? The woman at the well got captured by the message. Five husbands, outcast by her entire village. She meets Jesus. Jesus tells her the truth, the power of the gospel. She becomes a follower of Jesus and then becomes, starts, she's gone from a sinner to a saint, right? She's an evangelist. Whole, whole village comes to Christ because of her. Have you been captured by the message? Two weeks ago, I'm so excited. Two weeks ago, we had our prayer team up here available after every service. And Miss, Miss Brenda comes up after the service, right to our prayer team. She brings up her connection card, the one you're going to fill out before you leave. And she says, this, this, I, today I'm deciding to follow Jesus. And we're like, what, Miss Brenda, what do you mean? Today you're deciding to follow Jesus? She goes, yes, I want to do that. I want to do that now. I, I, we've known Miss Brenda for years. I said, Miss Brenda, have you never accepted Jesus as your Savior? She's like, I've never done it, but today I want to do it. You want to get saved. And I kept trying to ask her questions, and she was basically like, Josh, just be quiet. I want to be captured by the message. I want to get saved. And so I, we just grabbed the prayer team members. She prays for salvation in that moment, totally, totally, totally captured by the message. No doubt that she needed to become a follower of Jesus, someone who had been a part of church her entire life, who then decided it wasn't about church, it was about being captured by this gospel-powered message, and it changes her life. Last week we said, no Jesus, no power, right? But no Jesus, you know power, and that applies to your marriage, that applies to your workplace, that applies to branch life, that applies to your neighborhood. If you know Jesus, you know power. She was captured by the message, and she's getting baptized in two weeks. Amen. Yeah. Caitlin's getting baptized today. Caitlin, in just a couple of minutes, is going to get baptized outside in this courtyard. And your job is to come out and cheer as loud as you possibly can when she comes up out of that water. Because it was it represents. Caitlin came back to Christ. She got saved as, as, a, as a teenager at camp and then was back and forth in a relationship with Jesus. And she got a roommate who was a member of Branch Life Church, Kimberly, at college. And COVID hit. And you know what Kimberly did? She watched Branch Online. You know with who? Her roommate. Through a course of the last couple of years, Caitlin has decided to rededicate her life to Christ. She comes up, she says, I've been a part of Branch a lot, but it's just been online. I'm glad to be here in person. I'm going to be around next week. Can I get baptized? Amen, amen, and amen. Captured by the message, right? She's getting baptized today. Have you been captured by the message? Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? Are you come to that place where you know you can't save yourself? If, if you have any questions, go to our gospel tab. It's all laid out there. Come up and talk to a prayer team member after the service or let us know in your card that you have questions. If today's the day, then right now, just be captured by the message. Tell God, hey, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died and rose again. And today's the day I want to become a follower of Jesus. Come into my heart and change me. Repent. Then be baptized. Second question, for, for good, are you being empowered by the Holy Spirit? Are you being empowered by the Holy Spirit? We've talked about this over the last few weeks, and this power of the Holy Spirit is pretty amazing. How do you know if you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit? 
They'll know you by your fruit. Are you somebody that's got good grapes? Are you somebody that's got sour grapes? Right? And, and if you're walking around and you can be described with things like gladness and gentleness, then there's a good chance you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. But if your main markers are anger and bitterness, you got to check whether or not you're being empowered by the Spirit. And if we as believers and we as a church are empowered by the Spirit, we're going to know by our fruit. When I, when I preach to you a message, I pray that God empowers that message. And if my messages were always angry and mad and complaining, if the fruit of my messages were, were that way, it's probably not Spirit-empowered. But if it's bringing hope and love and joy and peace, not without warning, not without dan- but the general fruit of these, me- right? It, then you know it's being empowered by the Spirit. When, when you're being powered by the Spirit, you're going to gain favor with the people around you. So are you being empowered by the Spirit? Are you trying to do it your way? Secondly, and lastly, oh, let me just bring this up. When the church is attractive, so is Jesus. When the church is attractive, so is Jesus. If you got ugly fruit, nobody's going to want any part of that. But if you've got sour grapes, nobody's going to want to taste that. But if you have good fruit that you can offer, then we become attractive for the name of Jesus. And you can't be grumpy on social media and then extend an invitation card, hey, come to our We Are series, and expect them to say yes. You want to show that Jesus is changing your life. Third and final question, are you living on mission? Are you living on mission? You've received power so that you will become witnesses. Witnesses now and everywhere you go. You see, the church was made for the mission. You know what's incredible about that statement? The church was not made for you. The church was not made to serve you and to wait on you and to, 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 to coddle you. The church was made for the mission. God said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Our job is to go battle against the gates of hell and pull people from its grip. That's the mission. Go and make disciples. And so we lock arms together to get onto the field. That's why this weekend is called a Team Impact Conference. Because we're on the field as a team, not in the stands spectating. The church was made for a mission. This blows up religion. This this changes everything. Over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack all of what that means. But let me just ask you today, who's your one? Who's the one person that you're praying for every day? The one that you're investing in on a regular basis? The one that you're inviting with your words to Christ or to worship or to your group? You see, when we do this for God, for good, and for growth, the Lord will add. The Lord will add. And today we celebrate just a little piece of that addition with the baptized, the baptism that's happening. We're going to end every service over the next couple of weeks with two prayers. Prayer number one, God, may we be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. We're going to pray that together every week. Would you start praying that now for yourself and for Branch Life Church? May we be devoted, and we're going to unpack that next week, to those things, 
Our second prayer is going to be this. May God add to our numbers day by day those who are being saved. If God would answer those two prayers, world changing. Amen? Amen. God, we pray these today. That we would be marked as a church that's devoted to the truth of God's word. To being together. To be better together. God, to be passionate about your presence. And Lord, to be faithful in prayer and the power of prayer. And God, we ask that through your powerful Holy Spirit that you would move and take care of the great work of multiplication, multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders, multiplying churches. In your good and great name, God, we ask that you would do these great things for God, for good, and for growth. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and uh, conclude our time together in just expressing our thankfulness and our gratitude for our wonderful God. All my words were short. I've got nothing new. How can I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. Every song I sing, and you never do. Let's sing this chorus together. Oh, so I'll throw up my hands and praise you again and again. It's all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king except for a heart.
hope that was helpful and you learned just a little bit more about what God says the church is. If you're ready to connect with Christ, we'd love to connect with you. You can go to branchlife.church and see the gospel explained. We talked about that in this message. We'd love for you to begin your journey with Christ. We'd also love to encourage you, if you're joining us for the first time or if you've joined us for many of these episodes, you can let us know by filling out your connection card also at branchlife.church. Thanks again for joining us. Check out the next episode. And if this has been an encouragement with you, please share it with your friends. Have a great rest of your day.